Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1025. Hypertrophy Training, Rules to Live By When Muscle Hypertrophy is Your Goal, Part 1, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm your narrator, Dr. Neil. Hey, happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I read some of the best blogs covering health and fitness, just like an audiobook. And we have five shows where we do that, covering a bunch of different topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily to find them all. Now, today's post is a bit longer than what I typically narrate, so I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. But for now, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Hypertrophy Training, Rules to Live By When Muscle Hypertrophy is Your Goal, Part 1 by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. Hypertrophy Training. In an untamed pursuit to build a better body and large muscles, which is what hypertrophy is all about, we're rarely concerned about the long term or how we plan to get from point A to point B. We simply want to experience a transformation. We want maximal muscle growth in minimal time and will do anything to appear how we believe we're supposed to when gazing upon the reflection staring back at us. The pursuit may seem vain to many, but to those who can relate, it goes much deeper. The maximal muscle hypertrophy we desire is often a result of our competitive drive to reach new heights or the unconscious self-doubt gasp we impose upon ourselves. Sure, for some, it's pure vanity, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with a little textbook narcissism now and again. However, to understand something fully, we sometimes must start at the end result and work backward. Therefore, to better understand hypertrophy training, in this case from an anecdotal standpoint, we're going to look at a few trainees who have made major strides despite slightly different training philosophies and approaches. Thou shalt get strong. Despite what anyone tells you, for the most part, strength is going to equal size. As we gain upon the masters of bodybuilding, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, and the popular sports such as American football that require an athlete to be very strong, it's easy to see that maximal strength usually means an increase in muscle hypertrophy 
Don't believe me? Have a look at Martin Birkin, Tommy Jeffers, Lane Norton, Dave Gulledge, or any other athlete with great strength. All these guys are incredibly strong and thus possess remarkable physiques. One should also note how their training differs. While it's obvious when looking at their programming that Tommy and Lane are focused on hypertrophy training, Dave Gulledge's focus is primarily strength-oriented, and Martin's training preference seems to be fairly low volume, which is rarely looked upon as hypertrophy training. A look at some hypertrophy training programs. I've covered a few of these already, but I feel it's necessary to discuss them in this context to do this article justice. Low-volume hypertrophy training. DC training is a good example here. The concept of DC is simple. Low-volume, heavy weights, and continuous improvement. The training template focuses on three training sessions per week. Exercise selection is varied from session to session, but the layout is fairly minimal. This program is primarily focused on producing muscle hypertrophy via strength gains on any given movement. Another example is the high-intensity or HIT training made popular with the help of Ellington Darden. Mike Menser also contributed to its popularity, but it's hard to say whether or not he truly followed the HIT routines or if he was just involved in promoting them. Many say he built his frame using a more conventional approach and merely maintained his physique with the HIT methods. With this type of hypertrophy training, one might do a max set of squats once per week or every 10 days. The same applies to other movements as well. HIT training, in my opinion, is not suitable for many as it's often difficult for most individuals to stay out of the gym. Plus, most aren't going to see the results thereafter like they might if they followed a routine with more volume and a higher frequency. Moderate volume hypertrophy training. Lyle McDonald's bulking routine is a good example of this. With these programs, you've normally got two to three movements per body part for a frequency of a few times per week. This type of hypertrophy training spans over three to four days, depending on your personal preferences and recovery ability. Another example is splitting up your training into limb and core days. On the limb days, you train legs and arms, and on core days, you train chest, shoulders, and back. I've done this type of training for a long time. You can opt for a three-day version, set up like the DC template, or the four-day version in a similar fashion as Lyle's routine. For each muscle group, respectively, you pick two movements and perform two to four sets of three to 12 reps. The rep range is dependent on how you periodize it. With this type of training, your arms are getting hit directly and indirectly four times per week. This is not a problem, as long as you keep the training volume moderate and you manage the intensity. When compared to DC or other low-volume training methods, this type of program puts an emphasis on steady progression with each movement with some added volume. Low-frequency, high-volume hypertrophy training. Just about any of the popular five to seven-day splits you discovered in your favorite muscle magazine will fall under this category. While this training has its place for a select few individuals, I never recommend it to the average trainee. I've seen and read about too many people doing such routines with little to no results to speak of. Many of the mass monsters can get away with training like this for two reasons. One is the fact that they are very advanced and require a stimulus that only heavyweights plus a ton of volume can provide. And the other reason is that many of them are pharmaceutically assisted. When drugs enter the game, the rules become skewed. Moderate to higher frequency, moderate volume hypertrophy training. These are training programs that have you in the gym three to six times per week with varied intensities and volume. HST is a great example of this training in effect. With HST, 
you train full body every other day. The idea behind it is to take advantage of recovery and peaks in protein synthesis. The frequency in this regard is fairly aggressive, with each body part getting hit three times per week. It's completely doable due to the loading protocol and built-in periodization Brian Haycock recommends to succeed on the program. One more way of approaching a higher frequency program is to train six times per week in an upper-lower split, or for more volume, push, pull, and legs. While many won't be able to make such a commitment, if set up correctly, this type of training can be very productive. Productive in this sense assumes that the individual knows and understands how to moderate their intensity and volume in a sensible and practical manner. Rest-pause hypertrophy training. While DC training is a form of rest-pause training, it's not the only way of getting the hypertrophy training effect. With DC training, one goes to failure on each respective set. With other rest-pause style training, one doesn't have to go to failure if the desire is non-existent. I've had a few email conversations with Borj Fadrili of myorevolution.no, as well as read many of his forum posts about rest-pause training. His method of training has become known to a select few fitness-obsessed folks as myoreps. He also discusses auto-regulation, which I'm having a lot of success experimenting with. Eventually, I plan to write about my personal anecdotal discoveries pertaining to auto-regulation training. Another addition to this rest-pause method for muscle hypertrophy can be found at wannabebig.com. The name they gave their program is HCT12. For rest-pause training with a little bit of auto-regulation thrown into the mix, one can experience shorter, more efficient training bouts. My time is precious. Therefore, when I have the chance to cut down on training time, I do it. A look at some strength training programs. Hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Hypertrophy Training, Rules to Live By When Muscle Hypertrophy is Your Goal by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So, When you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. 
I really appreciate that JC is discussing different approaches to training for hypertrophy, which is basically a fancy way of saying building large muscles, by the way. I also like that JC is clear that much of what he is sharing is anecdotal, meaning this information isn't necessarily backed by formal research. Instead, it's based on experience. I've shared my experiences with strength training many times before, like when I talk about how I just couldn't get my shoulder muscles to grow as quickly as some of my other muscles. This led to some unnamed family members telling me that my shoulders look small and out of proportion to the rest of my body, or when I was told by some unnamed family members that my chest looks exactly the same as it did seven years ago, even though I had spent a lot of time training my chest in what I thought a very difficult high-volume way. Anywho, part of the reason this may have happened was because of the way I was training. I was following the low-frequency, high-volume hypertrophy style of training that JC mentioned. He said that he has seen too many people using this routine with little to no results to speak of. Well, he could add me to that list. In my younger days, I would read those very same muscle magazines and follow many of their workouts, hoping to look as big as the guys in the photos. But it never seemed to happen. Eventually, I woke up and tried different training methods. I can't say that I instantly found the one that worked for me. That's because it took me another five, six, seven years of experimenting and consistency to find what did work for me. And even then, once you have found that routine that seems to be giving you the results you were after, at some point, you're gonna plateau. So you're going to need to mix things up again to continue stimulating muscle growth. But we'll discuss that more tomorrow. So that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening today and every day. I'll be back here tomorrow to finish up this post. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.